Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter to you. He is risen. Yes, he has. Let's all stand and start worship together and praise our risen Savior. Say happy Easter. I think this is good because you guys came to the later service, so I'm seeing some feet moving. 
We've got some kids dancing. Everybody's awake. Had your breakfast and your coffee. That's a good thing, amen? Yeah, we'll just keep on praising Jesus this morning. Shame is a prison, as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber, and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no grave. I'm gonna 
so good. Oh, Lord, we just invite you in this morning. Father, we've been worshiping you this morning already. 
and it never gets old. It's an honor that we get to come before you, Jesus, especially today to remember that you chose to leave heaven for each name that's associated with the soul in this room. You chose to come down here and live the life that was surrounded by things that were sin and not holy and imperfections that you had come from and that you are. But Lord, you came here to live among us, to be tangible, to show us how much you loved us by your actions, to teach us things that we needed to learn so we could draw closer to you because you're all that matters. And then, Lord, you walked the Via Dolorosa with a heavy, heavy, heavy cross. And my personal sins were on that cross. And you carried them all down to Golgotha. And then you allowed them to beat you and torture you and hurt you and kill you just for us. Lord, there's just not a word big enough to thank you for what you're doing. And we remember you and we're grateful. But we thank you for your gift of eternal life and salvation that is real because you are real, Jesus. So now, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to come in even further and wrap your arms around us, Lord, and teach us new things. Draw us closer to you because that's what you want is relationship with us. Not just roll call where we show up, but truly seeking you out, chasing you down and asking you to change us and asking you to show us the way because you're our Father and you want to. So Lord, we invite you here. We want to celebrate you today want to draw closer to you, and I pray, Jesus, that even if it's a first time walking into a church today, for someone in this room, that you'll wrap your arms around them, they'll recognize you because you do it in a very personal way, because you are intimate with us, and you know every detail of our life, and you love us, and you take us just how we are. That's what your word says. So, Lord, as we continue to worship you, we ask you to move Feel free to do that here. And we love you in Jesus' name. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not Remind me once again just who I am. 
There I was, empty-handed, crying out from the pit of my despair. And there you were, in the shadows, 
rescued before? Anybody? Has anybody needed grace? I have needed grace many times. How many times I've run back to him. I'm not scared to go to him now. Whenever there's a time that I know I blew it, I run back to him and he picks me up and he says, we're going to try it again. It's going to be okay. He's so good to give us that grace. So good to love us right where we're at, for who we are, what we've been through, and what's coming. So 
kind of forget that sometimes, right? Still things coming. And he's a good God, and he's always there, and he loves us so much. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand and start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus The life I built came crashing to the ground Friends I had nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus In the way, in the search, in the healing and the hurt Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Thank you for being here now. 
in this past year through all the hard stuff. Lord, you never let us down. You keep your promises. You follow through with what you said 2,000 plus years ago. You are still true to your word. Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much for loving us right where we're at. Thank you for being here. Thank you for knowing who is coming by name. Lord, I pray that the rest of this morning we'll grow closer to you. We'll choose you, Jesus, over and above anything else in our lives, in our thoughts, that, are, that are surround us. Lord, you are the most important thing. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Be with Pastor Matt as he brings the word, Lord, and we just give you the rest of this morning. Thank you for your resurrection. You conquered death. You conquered sin. You conquered it all. And you are a great and wonderful God. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, You may be seated. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Our Lord loves you. Hey, last weekend I shared with you, uh, you know, Sunday was a very interesting day last weekend. You know, it, in Israel they were celebrating Passover. They're celebrating their deliverer. At the same time, we here were celebrating Palm Sunday, right, when our deliverer came and made himself known. Well, it's, uh, there's something interesting happening today, too. If you don't know, in Israel today, they're celebrating Bekurim. Bekurim is a feast of first fruits. It's the day that right now Israel is offering up to our Lord the first fruits of everything they have and thanks for the promise that he fulfilled, bringing them to the Holy Land. Today, we're praising the Lord for the resurrection and for the gift of first fruit that he gave to us. Amen? Amen. So with that, we are now going to offer first fruits and tithes and offerings to our Lord God and thank him for all the good, wonderful things that he does and for our Messiah, our Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for this beautiful, glorious, and wonderful day. For the grace that you give us through your son, Jesus. We ask that you accept our tithes and offerings as our gratitude and our love for you and all that you do. We thank you. We, we ask for blessings over it, that you magnify it, grow it, and use it for your purposes in this world, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.
morning, church. It's good to see you on this Resurrection Sunday. It is good to uh, be celebrating what God is doing, a new thing. Um, we should all be about this four-letter word, particularly here where we find ourselves. And that four-letter word is this, life. So we call it, we're Woodland Life Church. We are about the life. We are about the resurrection. And I'm going to tell you anything else, it's just not neat. Jesus is all we need. Amen? And when we talk about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, it just puts a stake in the ground and it just says to us this morning and every day of the year that Jesus is enough. And we thank God for that this day. Well, let's begin. And I want to ask you, uh, as we are getting started, if you would turn to Luke 24. We're going to be uh, reading from there. And, and uh, if you have your phone or your Bible or tablet, whatever you're using. And, uh, and then just before we get into it and dig into the word today, let's just, uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have to lift our hearts. And Lord, uh, as we are uh, opening your word, as we are just taking in your life. As we are praising you for all you've done and for being enough, we ask God that you will just impart to us the message you, that you want to proclaim to our heart. Lord, you know where we've come from. You know, God, what kind of a week we've had. We, you know, Lord, uh, the ups and downs of our lives. And God, I pray that you will just meet us right there at the point of our need. We, we invite you, we welcome you this morning. We ask God for you to speak. And we, I ask, Lord, in particular, that you would just uh, help me to die off so that you just speak right through me today. Pray this, Lord, in your name. And I thank you, God, that you showed up earlier. Lord, we're asking you to show up once again every day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, Man, what a great day. I, I don't know if you heard about this, but yesterday we had um, our Easter egg hunt, and we had 70 kids at our Easter egg hunt. What a great time we had. And here's the thing. It's something that they, our kids don't hear. They don't hear it in our schools, uh, at least not in our public schools. They're not going to hear this you know, when they go to, you know, generally when they're looking up an answer on Google. They're not going to hear this when they're, you know, trying to do anything else. And, yeah. They got to hear what Easter was all about. They got to hear that Easter is about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Mackenzie did such a good job of sharing the gospel news. Yes, 70 kids who normally wouldn't get to hear got to hear. Well, I was so thankful for that. Yeah, they had fun with the candy and all that. Whatever I left for them because a lot of it was in my yard and I took my share. Um, just a joke. I didn't take any of it. Oh. Well, this morning, as we go to Luke chapter 24, I want you just to understand right off the bat, if there's nothing else that, I'm going to try to go this way. Maybe this will be better. If there's nothing else that you uh, hear this morning besides feedback, that you would hear <laughs> that Jesus is all you need. Jesus is enough. His 
death on the cross is enough to satisfy the penalty of any sin, of any past, of any hurt, of any pain. Our Lord Jesus is enough. And so we, we find ourselves sometimes in the midst of, of situations where we, we, we want to add something to the message. I know I've done that. You know, Jesus and. I want to I have Jesus and this and Jesus and that. And, and, and throughout the, the whole time that disciples have been spending with Jesus, they had a lot of ands in their theology. But we begin here in verse 1, and it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And, and in that first section of verse 4, it says, they were wondering about this. They were wondering about, what, what, what is this about? Why, why, why is this happening? I don't understand. What happened to our Lord Jesus? And here's the reason why, is because... Throughout that time that Jesus had been walking the earth and he had been sharing his story, and by the way, he at least three times told them about the fact that he had to die, that he would die, and not only would he die, but he would would be buried and that he would rise again. And it's as if they just weren't listening. It just went over their head. And so here they are, and, and, and they get to the grave, and they wonder, what's going on? Where's our... Jesus, what, what happened to him? Why, why is this taking place? Well, they had an and where God wanted to put a period. You see, Jesus and anything is more than you need. As a matter of fact, when I say Jesus and my agenda, then guess what? Jesus, or excuse me, my agenda becomes an idol. My agenda is not is needed with Jesus. Jesus and anything is not the right message. Mormons will tell you that Jesus and the Book of Mormon, got to have the Book of Mormon and Jesus. No, Jesus is enough. We don't need anything else. We just need Jesus. And yet in here this time, we, we find ourselves with these women who are at the grave and Jesus and their dreams, Jesus and their hope, Jesus and their, their desire, Jesus and their wants, and, and because all of their wants and all of their agenda and all of their thoughts, and because it wasn't coming to pass the way that they thought it should, they, they thought this is the end. They added their and in where Jesus was putting a period. there to that verse 4 where they were wondering about this and then it says suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them could you imagine what that was like in that moment having been there at the grave and then these two men in gleaming white they they, they did they had no clue what was going
going on, and, and they, were, they were frightened, they were, they were confused, and they didn't remember what Jesus had been telling them. And next thing you know, here are these men in glistening white. And they said words that I need to go right to the heart of where we are today. In verse 5, it says, In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? I'm going to tell you that we live in a world that needs to hear this message. Why are we looking for the living in the dead? There's so many things that are happening in our world. There's so many things that are happening around our country as well as governments and, and, and all kinds of different agendas. And we, we may want, you know, God, what are you up to? What, what's the first thing that I do? I, well, I'll, I'll Google that. Don't Google it. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? If you want answers, if you want to know the truth, then look to Jesus and his word. That's where you need to go. Don't go to the computer. Don't go to your friends. I'm going to tell you this, that even if I, your pastor, if I tell you something that you don't hear Jesus saying and it contradicts Jesus, do not listen to me. You listen to Jesus all the time, every time. Amen? Oh, we, we find ourselves here and we're at the, just imagine that we're at the tomb with these ladies and, and we're there and we're, we're, we're feeling heavy, and we're, we're here are these, these angelic beings are around us, are giving us this mes message. But we also need to hear these words. Why do we sometimes look for the living among the dead? I have known good friends and had family members who, I mean, they, man, if I, if I just had another drink, maybe all my problems would just wash away. If I just, I just need another hit of this. If I, if I just get this promotion, if I just get this, you know, this situation in my life, it, it would just improve. If, if I just had the perfect, could find the perfect spouse, you know, if, if I could do, everything would be better. No, no, no. All you need, listen, all you need is Jesus. Anything added in gets in the way. All you need is Jesus. And this morning as we are there with them at the tomb, we, we find them hearing these words, he is risen. That's why we're here this morning. Verse 6, he has risen. And, and you, you got to be I mean, I'm sure they're just shuffling through their, their mind. Okay, what is exactly does that mean? And he is risen, and, and they hadn't remembered what he had said. But here they were at the tomb, and Jesus was not present. And I'm going to tell you today, Jesus is no longer in that tomb even right now. He is risen, and he is risen indeed. That's why we're here to celebrate today, Resurrection Sunday. It has nothing to do with anything else except for Jesus. Don't make it into something it isn't. Verse 6, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. They couldn't remember. And in verse 7, it says, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Every, these, these angelic beings are reminding them 
he has to be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. Have you ever had an aha moment? I have a lot more of those the older I get. I'm turned 50 this year. That's just going to be probably an aha moment in and of itself. But all that to say is I have more and more of those aha moments. My wife gives me a lot of good aha moments as well. You know, don't you remember when? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but here's the thing. These ladies were having a real aha moment. Jesus was, his words began to come back to them. They began to remember the things that he had said, the, the, the words that they were just kind of rushed through their, their memory. When they came back from the tomb, they told all they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. I, th- I think to myself, and, the, and it tells you what their names were. There, it's Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. And and I think, can you imagine? The, just, I, you can almost just see it. Their, their faces had to be probably gleaming. I mean, just that, that radiant joy. You can just imagine the power even emanating from that tomb. And, and here they, they were. They're running back with the greatest news ever. And they go and they tell the apostles. And you know what the apostles would definitely do. They'd be like, oh, this is the best news ever. Oh, I'm so glad to hear this. Isn't that what you would think? But next verse, if you read with me, it says in verse 11, but they did not believe the women. Now you can just imagine with me, you know, ladies, you, 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 you've been there before. You, us guys, we have thick skulls. We aren't, we aren't getting it all the time. And, and, and here in this culture, as a matter of fact, in this time period, I mean, the fact that Jesus would just reveal the truth of this time, the fact that he would do that before women, I, this was a time when women could not even testify in court. They were, they were certainly not treated equally. They were not treated as they should have been. And so what did the, what did the disciples do? Remember that verse that says, Oh, do not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him. Well, these ladies, they're like, you aren't going to believe this. Jesus is alive. He's risen. And you would think the disciples say, he's risen indeed. No, they're like, we don't believe. That's what they were saying instead. We don't believe. And you know these ladies are all just like chuckling to themselves. You bunch of dingalings. You, you, I mean, you just got thick-headed morons. We're going to have the last laugh about that. You understand, right? <laughs> and so the, the ladies there, no, he is alive. You're going to see, you're going to know, you're going to experience it in ways that you never expected you would. But they didn't believe. Here's why it said they didn't believe. It says they didn't believe in verse 11 because their words seemed to them like nonsense. I want you to know this morning, there's a lot of things that you might be told in your life that might be just said, you know what? That idea that you had, that Jesus could heal this, that Jesus could do this, that Jesus, you know what you told me that you believed years ago that Jesus was going to make a change in your life in this direction? I don't believe that. That's a bunch of baloney. Why in the, 
no way. There's no way that God can do that because we have gotten to a place sometimes we become so cynical that we're just like, well, you know what? God can trust me. He used to do good stuff like that, but he doesn't do it anymore. I want you to know today that God is still in the salvation business and Jesus still saves and he still rolls stones away and Jesus is still the risen Lord and Savior. This morning after our service, in the first service this morning, we had just a great time together. And I, had, I was up here up front. Someone comes up and they just kind of, you know, motion me over. And I say, hey, what's going on? And they shared with me, you know, this individual I shared about. But, man, we've been praying for a while. And, and they've been through so much. There's been hurt. There's been trauma. There's been you know, lies. There's been all kinds of things that have happened in their life. And guess what? Guess what, Pastor? She gave her heart to Jesus Christ yesterday and I want you to know this that Jesus is still in the salvation business I don't care what anybody else says I don't care what you may think what you may, but my Jesus is still alive and well and on the throne and he changes things I'm not here for any other reason if I didn't believe that if I didn't believe that Jesus was enough that Jesus still changes this in the first service, but I had a friend, his name was, it was a quick uh, acquaintance, actually, I met him for the first time in the waiting room, he was telling me about a situation that he had in his life, and, but before we got to that, we were just kind of, we just began to just talk like you do to someone you haven't met before, and you're kind of in the waiting room there, and, and he said, uh, he said, you know, just, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, well, I'm the pastor, that was when I was in Castle Rock, I'm the pastor over here in Castle Rock, and that. Oh, really? Well, I know Jesus, too. He said, can I share my testimony with you? And I said, that would be great. I would love to hear your testimony. And so he began to share his testimony with me. And he said, it wasn't too long ago that I was sitting in a waiting room kind of just like this. And he said, in this waiting room, though, I was waiting for an attorney. I was waiting for that attorney with my wife. And he said, we, uh, we, we were having the worst of times in our marriage. And he said they were ready for a divorce. That's why they were there. They'd each had affairs. That had completely destroyed their trust with each other. And Carl said, I, I really wanted to reconcile. He said, but every time I tried, every time I tried to do something right, he said every attempt failed. And he said, and me and my wife, we were just creating more and more distance between ourselves. He said, she was driving me away with her anger, and I was driving her away with my jealousy. And he said, during this time, he said, I was just so desperate. I was looking for an answer anywhere. Anywhere. I just want to answer. He said, I, I received an email. He said, I'll never forget this. And he was chuckling as he was starting to tell me. But he said, I received this email. And he said, as I got this e email, it said in the subject line, it said, revitalize your marriage. And he said, man, I would have tried anything. He said, so I, I just clicked on it. He said, you know what? He said, we have kids here, so you'll know what I mean. But he said, but I clicked on that, that, advertisement, or that uh, email, and he said it was an advertisement for a, a little blue pill. He said, that's the last thing that I needed in my marriage. <laughs> he said, here's what I'm trying to get across. He said, he said I laughed, and he said, even though I understood that I, that was a, the stupidest thing to even think that I'm going to get an answer through the email uh, about this, he said, I was desperate for anything. He said, I knew better than to do that. <laughs> but in a private session, he said, the 
his counselor finally told him, I think you need to start making plans to become a single father. Paul's wife scheduled an appointment with an attorney on a Monday morning, he said. And he said, though, she hadn't quite given up. And so she said, look, why don't we just try it? That's Monday, so why don't we just try on this Sunday? You and I, let's go to my mom and dad's church. Let's just go. Let's just see. And he said, I, was, I try anything. I try anything. So they came to church, and he said they, they sat down together. And he said, you're not going to believe this. But the topic of that morning service was how to save your marriage. <laughs> that morning, he said, I, I couldn't remember anything that the pastor said, except that I just felt this urgency within me. And when he would say the name Jesus, or when he talked about Jesus, he said, I realized that's what we need. We need Jesus. He said, I don't remember his points. I don't remember exactly where he went with his scripture. I don't remember any of that. I just remember this magnet drawing me to Jesus. I needed more of him. And he said, when they gave an invitation for us to come forward to the altar, he said, I grabbed my wife's hand, and we both went to the altar. And they came to the altar, and Jesus saved their marriage. It wasn't the pastor. It wasn't the message. It wasn't even the words on the wall. It was Jesus who showed up. For months, Carl said, we've been seeking the living among the dead. And he said, there's nothing wrong with you know, going to the counselor or going to this place or going to the other. He said, but we were not going to where we needed to go. And he said, until we went to Jesus. And then he said, it didn't stop when we went to the altar. He said, when we went home, we made a vow with each other. We're going to pray together. We're going to get in the word together. We're going to just read the words that Jesus says because it's Jesus has mesmerized them and cemented their relationship once again. I'm going to tell you that Jesus is still alive and well. He is still changing lives and situations and circumstances. And believe this, folks, that Jesus is well and interested in you right where you are today. Wherever you find yourself, I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to hear it. If you don't hear anything else I say this morning, hear it again and again. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is enough. If you want to experience God's miraculous power in your life, then you need to look to the source of life, Woodland Life Church. And all of our world surrounding us, we need to look to the source of life. The life in our name represents Jesus Christ. But when we, when we see things sometimes or when we, we go through things sometimes and maybe we've been around and we've walked on this world for so many years or, and, and maybe it has nothing to do with the years. Maybe I've, I've met some very young, cynical people. And when we get to that place in our life and sometimes we might get to a place where we're like, you know what, I, I don't know if God can still do. I read about that in the Bible, but I don't know that God can still do this. We can have that nonsense kind of a feeling like we read about in verse 11. But Peter, there was something, there was a glimpse of hope in Peter. And in verse 12, if you read with me, it says, Peter, comma, however, comma, <laughs> got up 
He ran to the tomb. He bent over. He saw the strips of linen lying there by themselves, and he went away. Now, you would think at this point, okay, you would think that he would, might have remembered what Jesus had said by this point as he's running over there. you think that he might have given some thought to what the ladies had told him about there. And, but no, he still went to the tomb. It's empty. Jesus is not there, but he was wondering. What, what, what happened here? look at this and I I think to myself man if I were in that position but I've been in that position you see in his spiritual walk and in his spiritual life and in his mind Peter and the apostles they were still stuck in the graveyard They were still stuck in the graveyard. And I'm going to tell you this, that you cannot experience the miraculous power of Jesus Christ if you choose your live your life in the dead things that are surrounding you. You've got to just get away. You're not going to experience the amazing power of God if you live your life in the graveyard existence. Happy hour, it doesn't make you happy. An affair will not turn out to be a fairy tale. A divorce will not take away the isolation and the hurt that you feel. Accumulating possessions will not increase your self-worth. Stop seeking the living among the dead. If you want to experience God's miraculous power, you've got to go to Jesus. You've got to get back to Jesus. Peter went there, no Jesus, He's just wondering, what's going on? I want you to know today that God's promises are not nonsense. There may be some of you that have gotten to a place, you know, where you you maybe sense that there's just something still inside of you. Maybe it was when, you know, years ago, maybe it was just recently, that you just know that God's got to move that stone in your life. God's got to roll that stone away. Something is so heavy and so immense that only God could do it, and he's placed it on your heart to know that he is the one who is capable, and you believe that he can move that stone away. I want you to just know today that that miraculous power is not nonsense. It's the basis of what what caused history to be split in two. It's based on our Lord Jesus Christ. At Good Friday service, we came here together, and we had such a nice time, and, and it was just a beautiful time with the Lord. And, and I asked our folks, I said, you know, would you just take one of these rocks, and would you just kind of write on that rock whatever it is that you need to know that God is going to move this stone, push this stone aside, move this stone in this situation. And would you put it up here And they did, they brought it up here, and then they took the cup and the bread as we took communion. But as they put that up here, I wanted to remind them, and just like I remind you this morning, that our God is big enough to roll that stone away, whatever it is in your life. Do you believe? A friend of mine, he was sharing about a miraculous healing in his life. He had a diagnosis. It was, it was a lifetime 
situation, they, they believed that the cancer would completely take his life. He wasn't given much time. And he refused treatment. And he said, you know, I, I don't know. He said, but I do believe that God is big enough that he can handle this. And so he, he said, I, I, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm kind of vacillated, he kind of vacillated between what he should do, and he said, you know, I'm just going to put it in God's hands. If he's going to take me home now, then praise be to God. But if he's going to heal me now, then praise be to God. And wouldn't you know, the most amazing thing happened. He was healed. It didn't happen, and we know all the things that can go on with that. It didn't happen with him being smacked upside the head. He didn't fall on the ground and start shaking like crazy. He was healed, and Jesus healed him. He gave testimony to that healing. And then one of my pastor friends said, well, you know, I don't believe in that. I was like, what? And he said, no, I don't believe in that. He said, I, he said Jesus, you know, God used to do those things, but we're living in a different time now, and it's just part of life. You know, you're just, you know these things just happen. And I said, here's the thing. I said, did it ever occur to you that maybe God is bigger than your theology? Maybe God is bigger than what you believe. Maybe God is bigger than the box that you would like to put him in. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's bigger than anything you can ever imagine. That's why I say, Jesus is enough. have a belief system that excludes God's power from working in your life, if that's the case for you, then you need to change your belief system because it's based on something other than God's word. Because the God of the Bible says, I can do all things. And here's the thing, is even if we just live and die, but we live and die for Jesus, then it's all for his gain and glory. But it's hard to understand that if we haven't completely sold out to Jesus Christ. Why do I do what I do? Oh, it's for the fame and the fortune, of course. You all know that, right? Uh, no, I do it for Jesus. Jesus is the reason why I do what I do. I, I, I mean, I'm human just like you. I have my ups and downs. There's days just like you. I'm just like, why in the world am I doing this? This is the craziest thing. Well, you know, nothing, is anything going to come from this? And here's the deal. Jesus comes back like a flood, and he says, you're doing this because I've called you. This is for me. It's for my glory. Matt, get yourself out of the way and put me where I need to be. That's good preaching. God wants, I believe, to work miracles in your life. But it's hard for him to do so if you have the same knee-jerk reaction that, Jesus, that the disciples did. Don't call Jesus' promises nonsense. I don't call them nonsense. I stand on the promises of Jesus. I believe in them. I put my faith in what he said, and I trust him for the outcome. But you see, the issue that happens in my life is when I have Jesus here central in my life, but I add anything, I do an and type of situation. Well, Jesus and my agenda, Jesus and great finances, Jesus and my dreams, Jesus and my hopes, then guess what? Those things get in the way of me seeing Jesus because I'm trying to put my agenda in and on him. Probably the only one I know.
God. God. He tells us. And he didn't say, you know, I'm going to give you these words to, to stand on. And I mean, he's not ambiguous. God, God didn't say, well, if you seek me with most of your heart, you're going to find me. Have you read that in the Bible? <laughs> I haven't. He says, seek me with all your heart. He, he didn't say, you know what? I have this part of the Bible that I'm just going to even put the heading on there for you, church. It's called the great suggestion. No, it's the great commandment. Love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and then the great commission to love and make disciples. Oh, man, I tell you what, some people have said to me, Pastor, why don't you preach more on the end times? I would like to do a, a verse by verse on, you know, on the eschatological understanding of how Jesus is going to return in person and how it's going to happen. And are we going to be mid or pre or, or, or post or, 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 or in the middle? All of these different things. I want to tell you something that until I get down the great commandments, I'm not too worried about those things. How about you? If I could get down, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, and make disciples, man, I would be feeling, then I'll worry about all those little particulars, right? Then we can get into the details. But I'm going to tell you, as I've shared that with anyone who has brought that up to me, no one has said to me, yep, I've got it down, I'm good to go. <laughs> oh. Well, today, cut to the chase and we'll get to the road to Emmaus you know if you obviously I told the first group that they, obviously they came here for the first service because they knew that I was going to have to shut up at a certain time but you guys came for the extended version amen yeah yeah that's good oh yeah you're like oh yeah whatever yeah. Um, <laughs> on the road to Emmaus verse 13 we read these words we read now that same day this is important for us to understand because, I mean, when it says same day, it means it literally. This is the same day that Jesus has risen from the dead. This is the same day that the women went there. They couldn't find him. This is the same day that Peter's wondering to himself, what in the world's going on here? This is the same day. And, and, and to two of them, it says, and when it says them, two of them, this means people who knew about Jesus, who believed in his ministry, people who, who understood what Jesus was about, but they were still wondering what all of what is happening now is about. They were going to a village called Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem, and here's what I want you to hear when you hear the, this word, this town Emmaus. If you try to Google it right now on your phone, on a modern-day map, you're not going to find it, the town of Emmaus. And, and I find that somewhat significant, at least for me, because I think sometimes, you know what, isn't God good that when I'm taking the detours in life, when I don't even know where I'm going, Jesus is there with me. goes to Emmaus. They're on this road. And they were talking to each other. And they were downcast. It says that Cleopas was actually downcast as he was walking. And they're walking together. We don't even know the other guy's name. It's really not important. But what is important is this. Is as they were talking about what in the world is going on here. And they're down. And they're, they're hurting. And, and it, nothing is making sense. Guess what happens? Jesus begins to follow from behind. 
Jesus shows up. I, I just think that's just a beautiful thing. And, and you know what Jesus says? Hey, what you guys talking about? <laughs> he's, Jesus knew exactly what they were talking about. And, and he said, but, but what, are you, what are you talking about? And, and, and they were saying, well, well, haven't you heard about all these things that have been happening around us? And, and Jesus says in verse 19, what things? Well, about Jesus of Nazareth, they said, and his indeed uh, before God and all the people and, and the chief priests and the rulers that they handed him over and he was sentenced, he was crucified, and we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to set up a new nation. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to make things the way that we wanted it to be, but it didn't happen. But Jesus... And I think to myself, there are times in my life, and maybe in your life as well, because, uh, by the way, something that I didn't share here, but it tells you in Scripture, but in verse 16, they, Jesus came up with them, but in verse 16 it says, but they were kept from recognizing him. Think about that for a moment. I want you to know that just because you can't see Jesus, just because you can't see Jesus in your situation right now, maybe you're walking down a tough road right now, you're not sure what's going to happen, you don't know what's, what's coming around the bend, and you're feeling like you're all alone, I want you to know that just because you can't see Jesus does not mean that Jesus is not right there within your reach. He is walking with you through your valleys, through your ups, through your downs. Jesus is right there. Isn't our God good? Even when we don't recognize him, he is right with us. I tell you, there's times when I've thought to myself where I've gone through valleys and situations where I'm like, well, God, where are you in this? And I look back in hindsight, and we have the hindsight to be able, we have the privilege to be able to have hindsight to read into these, these words. But, but I look back and I realize, oh, it was Jesus who walked with me through that situation. I could not have made it through if he had not been there. In the middle of it, I didn't see him. I didn't know what was happening. But Jesus was with me. This morning, wherever you are. Maybe you are here this Easter morning and you thought to yourself, well, I love Easter and I love the idea that Jesus is risen. I don't know how that really affects me. I'm going to tell you what, it should change everything for us. Jesus is enough. They didn't know what was happening. They were down this road. They were just like Peter. They were just like initially like the ladies were. Downcast. Not happy. Nothing good is happening. And, and here's the reason why. And it even said it. They, they had all these hopes and dreams for Jesus. If Jesus would do this, man, we'd, uh, Judas himself 
had so many hopes and dreams for Jesus. He represented the zealots so well. I mean, he was a nationalist. He was like, you know, hey, if Jesus, oh man, it's Jesus. He's going to come and he's going to set Israel back where it needs to be. He's going to make Israel what it once was. His great things are going to happen there. And then he's, you know, if he doesn't do it, I'm going to force his hand. I'll just sell him into the hands of these guys who wanted to take him. I'll deliver him so that he is forced into this situation. But guess what? Jesus' agenda was not Judas's agenda. And Jesus' agenda is not Matt's agenda. And it's not your agenda either. Nowhere in Scripture can you ever find where it says Jesus is going to merge with your agenda. But all over Scripture, it talks about surrendering and yielding to His. And here's the thing, and you can take this to the bank. You can count on it that his plans and his purposes will always prevail. Always. Jesus uh, is beyond the pale. In the midst of their conversation, uh, they were getting hungry, and they they approached the village, it says in verse 28, and they were going to uh, go there and to eat, and, and Jesus continued on as if he was going to go farther, but they, they urged him strongly. It says there, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And, and I just imagine what a moment could be another aha moment with Jesus he's at the table and 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 these these men it's it's implied that they they were there they saw Jesus die on the cross they saw his body broken they 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 felt the the rush of emotion the darkness that came over the land things just craziness that had happened there all of their hopes and their agendas and their dreams and all their ands were crushed but here was Jesus in their midst, and they didn't even know it. But he takes the bread, and he breaks it before them. Can you imagine just maybe the flood of all that Jesus had said coming back to them? As the bread was being broken, and it was being pulled apart, their mind began to think once again of the body of Jesus Christ being pierced of the nails that went into his hands and to his feet, of the thorns that were ripping at his brow. They remembered, and all of these feelings, all these thoughts, and all of a sudden, as it came to the forefront, this, this is Jesus. And immediately, he departs. And I want to tell you this right now, we all need a moment in our life where we understand that even when things are not going the way that we would say, even when our ands and our wants and our desires are not what is happening, that we have a Jesus moment and we fall so in love with him and he becomes so real to us that we don't care about anything else. Because here's the next thing that happens. As soon as that happens, they go running. They run, these two men run back seven miles 
back to Jerusalem. And when they get back to Jerusalem, they begin to testify, Jesus is alive. And I want to tell you, we, church, need to get back to the Jerusalem experience because the next thing that these men happened to experience as they were there was the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon them, changing everything. We need that Holy Spirit revival, renewal, awakening, where all we want, all we need, all we care about is Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. Oh, we, we have so many ands. But I'm going to tell you this. The very final and, if you want to have one in your life, is this. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that our Jesus Christ is Lord. If you want to bank on an and in your life, don't bank on the and your agenda or and what you are like or and your thoughts or and your opinions. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. I'm going to tell you, if I had not fallen in love with, with Jesus this way, I guarantee you I would not be even up here on the stage with you this week. I have completely, you can call me dumb or you can call it nonsense. But I have sold out to Jesus Christ. If he takes my wife and my kids, it will still be about Jesus. If he takes my health, still be following Jesus. If he takes my career, you might call it, I'll still be following Jesus. If he takes my ability to speak, I'll still be following Jesus. And one day, I plan to be with you when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I'm telling you this, I'm hanging my hat on it, the fact that the, there is a kingdom coming, and it is through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, and nothing else is going to stop it. His plans and his purposes will not be thwarted, and I plan to be there that day, worshiping him. He is my everything. And church, when we get to a place where he is our everything, then it's going to push us in directions and places we never thought we'd go. I mean, I never, I never thought, you know, Jesus would call me. To, even when I felt the calling of my life to be a pastor, I was like, God, you made a mistake. You, it, it, you've, you've heard me speak. You know better. And, 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 you know, and, I've, and I've been up in, but I'm telling you, I've been in churches where I just barely was able to make it scrape by. I've been in churches where we had to live in a camper. I've been in places where we we're making very good money and it doesn't matter. I don't care where he put me. It had to just be about Jesus and him alone. And we've got to all get to a place here and around this world where we understand that if anything and Jesus it's too much. Jesus is a jealous Savior, and he wants your complete attention. Today, as we, we come to a close, I just want to tell you, when you're rejoicing this afternoon in this Easter experience that we find ourselves to, in today, I want you to just sense in a real and powerful way, maybe like you haven't before, that Jesus is truly all you need. It, it, you don't need me. 
You don't need, and you know, you need Jesus. And this world that we live in needs Jesus. Oh, you, that's just so simple. No. You got four degrees to tell us that? Yep, I did. We need Jesus. And that's it. He's enough. Amen? Amen. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, well, it's so good to celebrate with you. It's so good to be reminded that the cross, it was enough. And Jesus, he took, took that stake and put it in the ground. And that's where I hang my hat. Today, I want to ask as our, as our worship team comes forward to do a final song, I want to ask, maybe God has been tugging on your heart this morning. Maybe there is something in your life. Maybe, maybe you didn't write anything on a stone here, but maybe you are feeling like there's a stone in my life that needs to be rolled away, and you know that it's only the power of Jesus Christ that can do that in you. I, I want to tell you right now that why don't we just start? It says in Scripture, and I, I believe it, and if you believe it, why don't we start now if it, we really believe that every knee will bow? Every tongue will confess. Let's do it now. Let's get down before the Lord. Let's just ask him today. Lord, take it all. And, and that stone that needs to be rolled away in my life, Lord, only you can do it. Give him the glory, the thanks in advance. Let's stand together as we worship our Lord and Savior. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand I start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground Friends, I have nowhere to be found. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the way, in the search, in the healing, in the hurt, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been, where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, we couldn't see it.
Some of you guys remember these old songs, that he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. I want you to know today that as you leave this place, that Jesus is alive, and he's alive today, right now, in your life, in your situation, in your place. He's walking with you when you don't even see him. He knows your name. He loves you. Today, I want you to go with the full assurance and the full surrender that Jesus is enough. He's all you need. God bless you. You are dismissed in the grace and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a happy, wonderful Easter Resurrection Sunday. God bless you as we go. Today.